What's going on, podcast? We have the Author Showcase, Episode 6, featuring Roxanne San Jose, a terrific fantasy author out of Las Vegas, Nevada. Quick ad, and then you're going to learn all about her. So stick with us and talk to you soon. So good morning again. We have a author showcase today. Uh, why don't we let you go ahead and introduce yourself so that I don't leave anything out? <laughs> Hi, my name is Roxanne Sanose. I am born in the Philippines and I moved here in Las Vegas, Nevada when I was 13 years old. I graduated in um, UNLV, University of Nevada, Las Vegas with a degree in political science. I, uh, um, I self-published my first book, Anagram, in 2015. And what brought you from the Philippines to Las Vegas? I basically, um, when um, the economy was down, my dad decided to migrate here and bring us here in the States. Was there anything that uh, made him pick Las Vegas? Did you guys already have any ties there or was he just a gambling fan? What took you there? <laughs> Basically, my dad is a um, mechanical engineer and it is kind of relates to the casinos when it comes to slot machine repairs. So he chose Las Vegas because of his fears in expertise. And what was that like for you being a teenager, growing up in the lights, the craziness of Las Vegas? <laughs> it was fun. I had a lot of adjustments because people here are really, really nice. I, I mean, it's not, it's not something I'm not comfortable with. I had a lot of fun. And uh, you uh, went to UNLV for political science. Uh, what was your plan with that degree? Obviously, I'm planning to go to law, but I had to stop because I've been working in our family business and, and into books. And have you been writing your whole life? Um, probably because I started in 2015 and um, right now I'm into marketing my second book. And what made you want to write? Is it just the creative outlet? Did you just have this vision come day and you're like, I need to write it down? How did all of that begin for you? I, you know what? I love reading. So it inspires me to write. You know, I, I thought myself like, what if it, I became a writer because of just reading it? And uh, is there a particular type of book you like to read more than another? Mm, any book. It depends on my favorite author. And um, yeah, it depends on the book. Who is your favorite author? Mitch Album and Dan Brown. Anything with Dan Brown and Robert Landon on it. Um, and how long uh, ha have you been obsessed with reading? Has it been your whole life? Has it started as a kid or did you pick them up as a teenager? As a teenager, when I started really reading, like seriously know how, how to read. And um, for people that are trying to get their kids into reading, uh, was there anything in particular that got you into reading or um, anything now that you are a writer that you wish people would do to get more people into uh, reading? 
basically it, for a parent to have their kids read a book just give them a book like open a few pages and read them out loud i think that's kind of a good example and then as a person to get into writing just you know don't afraid to pick up a book which is just fine just whatever interests you at the most if you like um let's say jazz or um hip-hop read about history about hip-hop there's nothing wrong with reading based on what you like I 100% agree. I've always said I hated going to school, but I love to learn because I I'd hate it when they'd be like, oh, read Shakespeare. You're like, I, I don't want to read Shakespeare. But if you teach me about a computer or about a different design program, I'm all about learning how to read it. Yeah. Um, so I think you're 100% spot on there where um, just read something that's interesting and you'll probably like reading. It's not like you're forced to read a dictionary. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Just like in college, you know, you pick your degree because you like that degree because you want to work in that field. So that's why I chose political science because I also somehow wanted to be a lawyer. What type of law do you want to go into? Uh, probably immigration. Um, is, is that because of personal struggles with immigration law or just uh, you're trying to get more people just easy, accessible, political climate? What's got you going towards that route? both because I'm from the Philippines and I just want to help people become like legally here in Las Vegas or in the States let's say. Mm -hmm. um, how, how was Las Vegas? Was it wel welcoming to you guys when you came over? Oh it, it was, it was, we had no problem with it. Do you guys uh, still travel back and forth uh, to the Philippines a lot or are you still, st are you mostly based in the States? Uh, once a year I travel back because I have a lot of relatives back home. Um, I've never heard anything bad about visiting the Philippines. Um, somebody that um, has native roots, if somebody were to go to the Philippines, could you give them any travel suggestions, anything that you might not think of uh, before traveling there? Probably go to Manila, which is our capital, because we have a lot of historical places, just like the Jose Rizal monument when our national hero was shot. And there's a lot of, um, yeah, like I said, museums around um, Manila. Um, and I, I, I'm a, I'm little, but I call myself a fat guy all the time. Are there any uh, Philippine cuisines that you just cannot get um, in America that you can treat here? Uh, probably balot. You know, I think they sell balot here in Filipino restaurant. It's like I don't know what I don't want to be like disgusting because it's in the morning. Uh, we eat like a dead I don't know dead chick inside of it. It's like it's called balot. It's, it has that chicken side there. So I've heard of that. It, it, yeah. it sounds disgusting. You're right, but is is it good? Is it? There's obviously a reason why people are eating it, right? Yeah, I don't know why people like eating it, but because of I like eating it because I'm Filipino. I used to eating it. It's just so delicious. <laughs> when you open it, it has this dead chick and this yellow thing, this yellow thing on it, and there's a, a soup on it. So that's why I kind of like. It. It's, it's normal when I eat it, but I don't know with other people. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> not a problem. I, I, I'm totally against people like not trying things because it's weird or gross or whatever. Like as long as people are eating it and they're not getting sick, like there's why not eat it? Why not talk about it? You know, it's one of those uh, we're used to eating. You know, a lot of things that are gross to other people. Like why would we put so much stuff in in deep fryers? You shouldn't do it. It's not healthy, but it's delicious. <laughs> yeah, no, no. 
Um, so let's go a little bit um, back to what took you to UNLV? Was it just the school's prestige? Was it just that it was close to home? How did you pick that for a college? It was close to home. Um, and you said that you want to get into law school and be a lawyer, um, but things kind of took took place. Uh, where do you, do you have your eyes set on a particular law school? I basically same. Gotcha. Um, and how long does that take? Is that another four years, two years, six years, million years? How long? <laughs> Hopefully not, but uh, four years. Gotcha. Um, so in the meantime, while you're not becoming a lawyer, you have become a published author. You're, uh, you got your second book coming out in, what, about two weeks? Yeah. Uh, what was that like? What, what was it like uh, deciding just to go all in and write a story? Uh, it's, it was uh, fun and challenging at first because uh, to write a story, you have to be really creative. You know what to do next. So that's what I did. I, when I uh, started my story, I was like, what are you going to write about? And then I said, okay, I want to write about science fiction. So I wrote down everything, wrote everything. It took me around two years to finish this one. And, um, you know, I learned a lot. I learned a lot that we need to edit our book before we send it to publishing, which I didn't do. So um, I got a lot of rejections. So I edited it twice. And there you go, I got acceptance. So the importance of editing is very much um, in the process because if you don't edit, it will not work. There's, there's going to be a lot of grammar and a sentence structure that I need to work on. So that's something I did wrong. And uh, thankfully, I did it right this time. So a lot of editing and um, contacting editors and editing back. The um, aftermath of writing was hard, but it was fun. And you said two years. Um, yeah. Is that just putting little pieces and parts of stories and then kind of learning how to put them all together? Was that just a lot of uh, research? Um, take us through those two years of time putting this project together um, from the beginning and kind of what were the struggles? What were the peaks? Where did you know that you had it? Uh, in the two years, I took a break because I went back to the Philippines. So after one year, um, I did a lot of ideas and um a lot of input, a lot of time typing it, and uh, a lot of time with my editor. So that's the, the editing and the writing part a year after. Gotcha. And how did you pick an editor? I mean, there's a thousand editors out there. And a <laughs> lot of people are really, you know, kind of skeptical of picking an author, kind of afraid that they're not going to do a good job or change the story. Um, how did you pick one? How did you find one that you were comfortable with? Uh, basically, what my manuscript that time, because it's, it's unpublished, what it needs like I need uh, someone to change my grammar that's one thing and number two the price because a lot of editors cost around thousand so I picked this one which is a kind of lower thousand uh, job and uh, it's one of those a lot of people here like what they charge thousands to edit but mm -hmm. when it takes, but a lot of people don't really think about how long it takes to read through an entire book even just one time as a reader but to go through it critically and to change the grammar, to, to not change the story, but to make sure that it's told in the right way. I mean, it takes a lot of time, a lot of man hours, things that you can't really, at least yet, automate, right? Yes. And as far as um, picking the editor, you also said that you sent out a lot of things to publishers. 
how did you pick what publishers you wanted to work with? Uh, basically, that works with my manuscript that time. My manuscript is about, you know, somehow science and romance novel. So I have to pick something like that relates to science and romance, which is very important to all writers out there to pick the right publisher for your work. Because if, if you pick like uh, a fantasy publisher and your book is not about fantasy, then they will reject you just like that. Just gotcha. pick something that relates to your work. Gotcha. And uh, what publisher did you end up with? I end up with Ivory Publishing LLC. And do you do you like the idea of what do you like about the idea of being with a publisher opposed to being self-published? I was easier because I don't have to do the, all those um, cover design, those editing all by myself. So 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 they're the one who's doing that, and they're also helping me with marketing. That's good. Gotcha. So uh, basically, it sounds like you just want to focus on writing. You just want to focus and hone in on your craft. And you want to give all the business part and all the design stuff to somebody else um, that they like doing that. And you don't like doing that. Is it, do I get that pretty much right? Yes, because I, I don't want to do everything again. Because when I self-publish my first book, Anagram, I did almost everything. Like I know how it feels, quote unquote, to be a self-publisher. Gotcha. And uh, let's talk a little bit about that book, Anagram. What was Anagram about? Uh, it's about uh, three, three different countries fighting for Ireland. It's like the situation in the Philippines before with China on the Spratly Islands that we won, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, was that one also a couple years to uh, get from thought to book? I don't quite fully remember, but I think it was less than a year. Because um, I it was a current issue in the Philippines, so I don't have that much difficulty writing about. Gotcha. So it sounds like you kind of like to uh, take realistic events, but then kind of twist them and make them a little bit more fantasy and a little bit more far stretched, and use your imagination to really create a story, but also have a little bit of things that you might be like, oh, this might be real. Yes. And what's that? What's that like building characters for a fantasy novel? Uh, I love it. It's like you know, being a different world. Like you have to invent a new world, a new character, a new story. It was. I had fun. I had um, uh, a lot of creativity came out of me in that story. Do any people in real life show up in your stories, even if they have a different name? Mm, not yet. <laughs> Uh, but do you like kind of build from the traits of people that you know to, for your characters, or do you make them all up from scratch? Uh, somehow um, I make it um, out of scratch. But I know in my second book, time travel. You know, when uh, when you love someone, you would do anything for that person. So that's what I did. I know so- someone out there who loves someone will do anything for that person. Probably my parents, let's say. Gotcha. Um, and with the book, you have a publisher, so you said that they're doing a lot of work for you. Um, in my marketing company, I, I'm a firm believer of doing as many mediums as possible, taking this, the big pillar piece of content being your book and putting it into every format that's possible. What formats is your are, is your book available in? Uh, it's going to be available in ebook, Kindle, and a paperback. There's PDF and um, another ebook e-publish format and yeah that's it ebook and paperback and pdf and ebook formats 
And, and I think they have like a audiobook. I was just going to say, I, to me, audiobooks are huge, especially uh, for, uh, you know, more uh, starting out authors that are yeah. kind of really hesitant to go into the audiobook realm because like, just like you're saying with an editor, it could be very expensive for a professional to put it together. Um, but just like today's technology, I mean, we're talking 2,000 miles away and we have perfect audio coming back and forth. Um, to me, I tell a lot of self-published people just every day go and write a chapter to use your phone and just go into a closet and say chapter one and start reading and, and within a week you could have a full audiobook out ready to go and refine it as you go um so it's good to know that your publisher is doing something for you on the audio front yeah i really appreciate them they really help me and um with that publisher um is it a I, I don't know much about them are they do they have a lot of other authors are you one of the main staples of the uh, but uh, they have a lot of um authors uh the same romance authors like me and are they able to get your books into stores or is it mostly are you mostly looking to sell the ebooks online what's the main approach for sales for your books I basically they're planning to also put them in stores because I remember talking to them about it. Gotcha. And are we talking just going local stores in like the Nevada area? Or are you going like worldwide stores? How far of distribution are your books going to have? Uh, when it comes to Bonds and Noble, can I give you an answer? But for that, but I know Bonds and Noble. Gotcha. Excellent. And um, let's move a little bit more into, like you said, they were doing a lot of your marketing and stuff for you. Um, what is it about your own marketing that you don't like to do yourself or just don't know how to do it yourself? I love doing marketing. So I did a lot of marketing on, on the internet. I searched a lot of um, interviews and podcast requests, uh, book clubs. And um, I, I've been uh, active in social media, in, in Instagram and Facebook. See, I would, I would say opposite of that. I, I did a quick little sweep of your social media stuff, and I'd say that you are overly active on yeah. uh, Twitter. You love Twitter. I um, do love Twitter. You've got, uh, in the last two years, 12,000 tweets. Uh, <laughs> so that's uh, you've been quite active on there. Um, did you just recently start with Instagram? Is Instagram a more uh, new thing for you? Uh, but yes, it's a new thing to me, but I used to have an old account and um, I opened this one for my second book promotion. Gotcha. And how are you um, independently using social media for uh, promotion opposed to how the publisher is working on your behalf or social social media? Uh, basically the same because we're just kind of letting the audience know that my book is ready for pre-order. And on my side, I'm more like, uh, engaging more marketing like um, more promoting on my my book like when it comes to front cover um, talking to various people and I'm um, having like requests gotcha and a lot of authors struggle with the ability to get reviews to the ability to get people just to say hey I read it I think it was good uh, what is something that you do to uh, inspire people to go leave a comment or leave a review for you? Uh, something that um, gave the general view of the book. This is what the book is about and what I think it's about because I think I, I write it on my email. Like the story highlights about, you know, friendship determination. So that's my personal view. So, I, so for me, I hope that kind of relates to them. Gotcha. 
And uh, you touched on the words your target audience. Who do you think is the perfect reader for your stuff? Uh, the young adults. And the young adult, we're talking, what, 12 to 18 uh, 13, or a little bit older than that? 13 to 18. And how are you targeting them? Are you doing anything to get into schools and talk to them? In, I like, did. I went to my school. I, I first went to my school and I talked to the um the advisor of my school newspaper and it's like okay good and then um my my teacher told me just send more information for the newspaper online to uh, write about it and yeah I, i've been to school i've been to uh, a local bones and noble to talk to the young adults club gotcha and uh what about with social media have you done any like facebook or instagram ads targeting people in that age age group I did um, on Instagram and then on Facebook. Did you have any luck with that? Oh, I did. I did. I had I um, uh, yeah a lot of interviews and podcasts and I and uh, one book review or two. And uh, you seem pretty comfortable on camera and talking and things like that. And maybe it's because you've done a lot of interviews and podcasts for people. Um, a lot of authors are kind of more in their shell and afraid to get on camera and talk about their things and talk about you know all that they're doing. What's what makes it easy for you, or what can you tell other people to to do to promote themselves in that way? Just be comfortable before the interview starts. Just relax, take a deep breath, be comfortable. Review uh, the details of the interview so you won't be just you know went blank on 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 screen. So uh, review everything before the interview and um, just relax, have fun. It's like talking to a friend. It's like I'm talking to you as my friend, which you are my friend. So, absolutely. Yeah, just be comfortable. Yeah, and I, I, that's my goal as an interviewer is not to make it just I have questions for you. One of my <laughs> yeah, like, like that doesn't make it fun, or you know, like a lot of people will just send you know a, a question list to you if you're not getting the same reactions, you're not getting the same back and forth laugh like you and I could have right there. Um, to to be able to broadcast from Las Vegas to Ohio with next to no difficulties like it makes promotion so easy for people um, so those that aren't taking advantage of it it's one of those like and then they wonder why they don't sell books <laughs> that with technology and social media right now I mean it's just easy to tell like on my on your phones like I have a second book coming out and um that's it just send it and you, you know like someone out there in social media can read your book and like oh this person has a release book coming out i mean that's how easy before comparing before uh when you're like having like a you, you want to have like interview request you have to call them but now just easy just email them that's how easy it is absolutely um and on email are you, i think i saw on your website you have some sort of email collection list how's that going for you I uh, right now on the website, um, not yet kind of sign up, but in person I have I do have an email. Yeah, because oh, that's, see, that's, you do have it on your website. Though. I'm looking at it right here. Yeah, Well, thank you for looking at it. Yeah, and yeah, on the mail is on top of it. You like join mailing list. Yeah. And you can never miss an update. It also says that. So what made you, with your website, what made you go to uh, Wix? How did you choose that as a platform? Because it's the cost of it is free. The advantage of technology is free, so I choose that. 
See, but I would not recommend that one. Let's see. Let's make sure that works. You should be. We should be looking at your website here, right? Yeah. So, just a quick little website review because this is what I do all day. Is I look at websites and try to figure out how we can help fix things for people. What I don't like about Wix is right here. The first thing that you see about Wix is they're advertising for themselves, um, and also with Wix. Um, it's a real, there's nothing wrong with it. You have all the basic information you need. You have your links, all of that's doing good. But with Wix, you don't have the ability to do things like, um, there's not as much animation. There's not as much backend SEO. Things like you're, you have more customization with buttons like this and things. Um, but the biggest thing I wanted to bring up for you as a marketer, for you as an author, is the part over here with blog. Um, you don't like to blog. How come? Oh no, not that because I don't like to blog. It's just I blog about the important things in my life. So probably I will come back to uh, that blog when I have my book release already. Gotcha. Because um, one thing that I always recommend with the blog as an author is as you're making that process, like right now you're so busy with all your interviews and stuff to kind of use that blog to just fill all the keywords to the more that you could just put up, you know, time travel with uh, Roxanne or any type of way that you could combine those more times on your site. Um, it just really benefits you in searches. Um, and also with, um, I fully get going free. Everybody loves free. Um, but to, to self host your own website, um, I always recommend people use WordPress. It's super easy. If you could figure out which you could figure out WordPress. Um, but I mean, you're looking at about 20 bucks a month um, for a website that's a fully designed, developed, flashy, professional feel opposed to a blog feel. And you could also then monetize it, which you can't do with Wix, where as an author, if you're promoting different books or promoting different materials, you can put links in there to then make more money on the back end on your own, own way to kind of help offset that 20 or $30 a month, whatever it ends up being. Um, but Free is good. I always recommend investing yourself. So just one of those things, think about after we get off the interview, do a quick search just through uh, premium WordPress themes um, for authors. And you'll see a lot of different things that are really just plug and play where you could just drop in your photo, put in your bio, put in your cover. Um, and it makes your image, your brand overnight almost. I mean, maybe not overnight. Sometimes it takes a weekend, um, but overnight, if you have any bit of technical savvy, which it seems like you do, um, you could completely give yourself a technological makeover. So just something to keep in mind. Oh yeah, thank you so much for the suggestion. Yeah, that's really helpful for me. Um, and also on that note, what other free tools do you like to use um, for either writing or promotion or social media? What type, or even if they're not free, what type of tech tools do you like to use? Basically, right now I'm doing um my in my social media is Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And now when I when I contact people on you know book reviews and um interviews and all this stuff, I do email. Gotcha. And what are you, are, are you making any of your own images for social media or anything like that? No, basically I'm just uploading my photo and um the usual back the the, the usual uh, covers of my back. Gotcha. Have you ever heard of a program called Canva? Uh, no, not yet. So Canva is pretty sweet. Um, this is a tool that every person 
is trying to do anything with social media needs to know about. Um, Canva allows you to create all sorts of designs. So like here are just about everything that you've seen on my page recently. But if we wanted to create a design, and this is a, um, this is a free program, what you're seeing in here, this is a paid version. Um, just gives me access to a few extra different things. But like right here, we have Instagram story, Instagram, Facebook. So everything is pre-formatted for the right size um, so that you can just go right into it. Um, so if you like Twitter, so if you wanted to make a new Twitter header, it's so easy. It has all the different presets over here that you could just go through and just make a lot more professional graphics really easily. Um, just like that, you have a graphic to go put on your Twitter banner or anything like that, and it's free. Yeah. So just another one of those fun tools to look into. Um, Canva is also just introducing video. Video is huge. Um, and being that you're on podcasts and doing things like that, um, you're, you're definitely understanding the ability to reach people in different ways. So one of the other last things that I always like to tell authors before we get them off the, and get back onto the book topic, but the more that you can do just to document your process, to video yourself just writing your book or making a graphic, just to show the behind the scenes of like, this is how hard I work at my craft, just to show how much you love and how much effort goes into producing it, goes a long way when you're touching those new, new customers, those new potential yeah, readers. Finding a bit, yes. Um, and especially somebody like yourself that's trying to touch those those young adults um, to kind of be the educational force behind them. They might not want to talk to their English teacher, but if they have this really cool author that's writes, writing good books, that's kind of going on and saying, you know, this is the importance of writing for expression or focusing on grammar, like using that as your platform to organically talk about your book, just like how we are in, in, in the podcast. We're given information back and forth. You're telling me about writing. I'm telling you about marketing. You can tell them how to, you know, get through a breakup. You know, kind of just make that visual, that that audio, or just write the, you know, put your camera up like you're doing now and say, hey, kids, are you doing this? And then put a link to your book at the end. It's a way to sell, but not seem like you're selling. Yeah, that's true. So with on the topic of selling, I want to wrap up talking about time travel. Give us, um, you know, give us the full description of why we need to read it, what it's about. Um, just walk us a quick little walkthrough through the time travel. Uh, time Travel is, is a YM science romance novel. It will be released on April 15th. Um, it's about Angelie Thompson, an inventor of a time machine. And um, her, her boyfriend, um, John Salvador, actually accidentally traveled back to 1970. So he has no choice but to find him. Why in 1970, there's a lot of uh, conflict happens, character agreements, and at the end of the day, uh, she actually accidentally changed the world. And for me, the story highlights about friendship, determination, and love. And, and um, like I said, why the readers read it is because it the highlights of it. Gotcha. And that comes out, you said April 15th, was that right? Yes, April 15th. And I believe we said we could get it at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, is there anywhere else? Yeah, Barnes & Noble online so far as far as I know and Amazon. 
and yeah. on on um right now it's on pre-order so you, they can just go to adverpublishing.com uh, and they will find my book it's on pre-order actually www.adverpublishing.com gotcha we'll make sure to have all the right links and all the descriptions and things for all of the videos that we make um how i like to end every interview is what i call the digital soapbox i didn't tell you about this part <laughs> because you get to do whatever you want for the last minute whether you want oh, to wow. plug your book whether you want to just give an inspirational thing talk about yourself you get to leave the viewers and the listeners on any note that you want and go ahead and start whenever you're ready uh, basically, my uh, advice to watch right now in this in the interview, whatever jobs or career you want to have, just be passionate and be hardworking. And that will happen. I mean, I work hard to be a book publisher. And um, it happened to me because I'm very determined. And um, and I wish everybody good luck in life. And about my second book, like I said, it's going to be out on April 15. And you guys can pre-order it now at www.adville.com dash publishing.com i mean for me it's very it's a cute story and it highlights friendship determination and love excellent it don't